Welcome to the Waymaker Fireside Chat Podcast, where our purpose is to grow your life and change the world. In this episode, we sit down with Angela Lewis. Lewis Carr is the founder of Waymaker, the Lewis Carr Internship Foundation, and the Waymaker Men's Summit, president of media sales at BET Networks, and author of Dirty Little Secrets. Angela Lewis is an actress most known for her character Aunt Louie in the FX crime and drama series Snowfall. Today, we'll discuss her acting career, her character in Snowfall, her production company, Blue Remedy Media, and much more. Let's get started. Hi, I am Lewis Carr, founder of Waymaker. And today on the Waymaker Fireside Chat, we have the privilege of speaking to Angela Lewis the star, and as she's called, Aunt Louie. Uh, how you doing, Angela? <laughs> I'm well, thank you. <laughs> oh, you know what I didn't say? I got to start that over because I just realized I didn't say snowfall. Okay. okay. To start it over. All right. You can start in five, four, three, two, go. Hi, I'm Louis Carr, founder of Waymaker. And today on the Waymaker Fireside Chat, we have the privilege of having Angela Lewis, star of Snowfall, and it's called Aunt Louie on Snowfall. Welcome, Angela. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Angela, you have been on a whirlwind with this hit series. I mean, <laughs> the, the show itself is outstanding. It has took many twists and turns. I am a viewer of Snowfall. <laughs> so I'm going to start off with this question, Angela. Mm -hmm. What have you learned about yourself personally? through this journey with Snowfall and all of the twists and turns, because you play a role that very few women get to play in series like this. You know, uh, you're a good guy, you're a bad guy, you, 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 you're kind of all over the place here. So what have you learned personally about Angela Lewis through this journey? I think the biggest thing I learned is how to walk my life with less fear. I, you know, I, you can't play Aunt Louie from a fearful place. It is impossible. I tried <laughs> and you can't do it. And, um, and in, in embodying her, I learned that it's okay to say what you want and it's okay to say what you don't want. And it's okay to, not have things all the way worked out and still express the vision that you have. And, and you can't have a life fulfilling big dreams from a fearful place. So, and I you know, you know, in some of the episodes, it, it, it looks like there's a lot of ego so staying with what you just said, is it ego or is it just self-confidence? Well, that's an interesting question because I don't think from, from Louis' perspective, it's not about the ego. You know, I think we're all fighting for, especially as black people, especially as black women, we're all, we're fighting for an opportunity 
to be seen, an opportunity to be autonomous, an opportunity to to have the life that you have envisioned for yourself. And I think Louie has had big dreams and and she has seen herself um, much in a much larger way than the world has allowed her to be. So when she encounters this opportunity, she she goes for it. And, And along the way, she has discovered her worth. She has discovered, oh, I'm good at this. Oh, I'm smart. Oh, I know how to strategize. Oh, I've been helping Franklin and he is not valuing me. Therefore, I have to do my own thing. And I don't think that that's not that there's no ego involved in that at all. Of course there is. But I think that you know, our story, our writers are amazing and have allowed for people to invest themselves so much in Franklin's journey that they're not quite seeing um, or experiencing the show from Louis's perspective, which would then allow um, us to understand that it's not just about ego for her. This is about being able to be her full self. So l- let me ask this question. You know, in, in a lot of circles, they say that women can't have it all. You, you, you can't have a career. You can't have great relationships. You can't be a mom. Or at least you can't have it all at the same time. Mm-hmm. What are you experiencing right now as you're playing this character in the TV series and then in your personal life? It seems like to me, you got it all right now. listen I you know I must admit I must and I'll speak on why but I must admit that my life is amazing right now right and I must admit that because I expect for my life to be even more amazing and it won't get more amazing if I'm, you know, oh, my life sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, my life is amazing, but that doesn't mean I I have it all. And it doesn't mean that I don't experience challenges and it doesn't mean that I'm not a black woman in this world, you know, and it doesn't mean that I'm. I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm figuring it out every day, every moment. What is what is going to fulfill me in this moment? What is going to bring me joy in this moment? What is going to serve my family in this moment? How am I going to up-level my career in this moment? And so I have found that so far, there is no no formula to make it all happen. There is no way for me to have, you know, this perfect work-life balance. I don't even know what balance is. It's like in this moment, this is the thing that needs to get done. And that's what I'm going to do. And in this moment, ah, I failed, but that's okay. I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to do this and I'm going to try this. And, you know, so it's all of that. And, and can you have it all at the same time? I don't know. And, but time is relative, right? Because in the same second doesn't mean the same as in the same year or the same five years. So when somebody is looking at your life and they're seeing 
the culmination of five years, 10 years, 20 years of work. And it feels like a second, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily those two things are not equal, you know? So can I have everything at the same time? Depends on what time frame you're looking at. So uh, as you've had this success, have you got to that feeling yet that it's lonely at the top? Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think that I'm necessarily at the top. Um, the t- I will say, so I don't know. I look at my life as a series of, as, as like a stairwell, right? So, mm-hmm. and in and, and and this stairwell, there are different floors. So the minute I get to the top of floor two, that means I'm at the bottom of floor three. So I, I work my way, I get to the top of floor three, now I'm at the bottom of floor, floor four. And so there's always an element of, of the unknown. There's always the element of, oh my God, there's more. There's always the element, but then there's always the celebration of, oh, that thing that I was reaching for, I accomplished that, I did that. And, and what's next, what's ahead? And so I've learned to, and, and this is an active learning, but I've learned to be comfortable in the unknown and, and be comfortable. Oh, fear is speaking to me. What is fear saying? It's not, I can't let fear stop me. I can't let fear paralyze me, but I can let fear let me know, oh, this is something that my, my brain is like, oh, I don't know. This is new. Oh, this is new. And so my heart, my spirit, and also the, in the listening to my gut know whether or not I should move forward or if I should stay where I am and be still. That's a great answer. I never heard that before. I like that stairwell answer. <laughs> the, the, the nature of our, as our business is, is, is like a roller coaster. You're mm-hmm. up, you're down. There are many unknowns around the corner. How do you stay positive in this type of environment where uh, I don't know if you have your next project yet or uh, you're still looking for your next project. How do you stay very positive in uh, an environment that's so many ups and downs, curves, round the corners? Uh, how do you do that? Yeah, um, I have learned and I constantly remind myself that I am, I have always been supported and I am always supported by life itself. And that this life is for me. Even when things get hard, it life is still for me. And so if I get the more shaky and scared and you know beat up by things that didn't go my way or things that you know didn't come to fruition or whatever, the more I get ah, off my center by those <laughs> things, I kind of look at it as like static. So I'm creating this field of static around me, which then prevents the, the, the good that's trying to get to me from getting to me faster. And so I know that there are going to be challenges. This, this industry is full of no's and challenges and, and full of you know, people, and it's not this, this industry as is our most industries, right. It's not made, it's not set up for me as the person. This is, uh, this is about money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And 
And I, Angela, don't always, it's not about money for me. Money is great. Money allows me access and privileges and experiences that are, you know, above, you know, my wildest dreams. I'm like, whoa, okay, this is nice, but (laughs) it is not me. And so I have to find the things that, that are about me and that support me and that fulfill me and, and the knowing that I am supported by life itself is the thing that keeps me, or one of the things that keeps me centered and grounded and able to withstand whatever storms and challenges are are kind of coming my way. Angela, what's the best career advice someone has ever given you? Hmm. Um, the th- the first thing that pops in my head is that it's not, is that it's about the hard work, right? Hard work beats talent any day and every day. And so for as talented as I know I am or think I am or feel I am, or as talented as anybody might view me, I have got to put in the hard work because you best believe that there's somebody who you know, arguably is not as talented who's working their butt off and they're going to get it because hard work beats talent every day. You know, we at Waymaker believe that every single successful person has had at least one Waymaker and some of us have had several Waymakers. Mm-hmm. Name some of the Waymakers that Angela Lewis has had along the way. I would say my first waymakers are my parents and my family because they have been so extremely ex- supportive of me over the years. Um, my d- high school drama teacher, Marilyn McCormick, was a way is still a waymaker, <laughs> and you know she was the first person to help me to know and understand that you know my passion for the arts could be more than just a passion. Like this could can be a career path. For you, but you got to put in the work and you got to be serious about it. Um, and then certainly John Singleton was a way maker for me. Um, and there were, you know, many more in between, but certainly John Singleton, you know, this show, this experience has been a life changing one. And, uh, and he gave me this opportunity. Is there any particular thing that you look back and say, I learned from John Singleton? I mean, he was extremely influential in me understanding how to walk in my power. (laughs) I tell this story frequently, but, you know, I didn't have much time with John, but um, he used to be in Video Village you know, watching the playback (laughs) and he will be screaming at me, be more Detroit, Angela, be more Detroit. (laughs) And I used to get so mad. Like, what is I'd be like, why does he keep saying that? You know, everybody from Detroit is not, you know, my experience 
in Detroit is not the stereotypical experience that you think of as somebody from Detroit. So he should know that he's black. He, you know, (laughs) why does he keep saying that? (laughs) I was so resistant. And then one day I just had to be like, okay, Ange, but he keeps saying it. So what is the, what's really underneath that? And basically, you know, he was saying, where is your grit? Where is your power? You can't. And then, you know, and then it hit me. I can't play Louie from a place of fear. No, I've never held a gun. No, I've never cooked crack. No, I don't be beating people up. But this character does. And you got to do what you got to do to make yourself feel like, like you can do this. They hired you because they felt like you could do it. So get with the props person and be like, look, the stunt guy, how do I hold this gun and make it look real? How do I, you know, talk to people like this and make and not be scared? You know, a lot of my scenes were with Eamon Joseph, who plays Jerome. And, you know, he's a big personality on and off camera. How do I come up against him in our moments where, you know, especially in the beginning where they fought a lot? How do I play these scenes and (laughs) not be intimidated by all of this power, you know? And, um, and, and so that's what John was trying to tell me. And once I got it, I got it. And, and, and that bled over a lot into my, my, my life. Were there any scenes or episodes that were really easy because you got to play a part of yourself in that scene? So was, was there anything that, came across in the series where you said, you know, I don't even have to think about this because this is me. I got this right here. I mean, it wasn't hard. I would say it was not the, it's layered. Uh, It wasn't hard, always hard to play Louie. I think I brought a lot of myself to the character, which allowed for her to be more rounded and more human. Um, Mm -hmm. But I did know, okay, if I got too laid back or if I got too soft and feminine, is that really how Louie is is walking through her life? Is that really, you know, because Louie and I, we lead from different places. And so I knew I had to be more on my toes. I had to be more direct. Um, But it it, it wasn't all, I would say generally, it wasn't hard to play Louie. I just had to be careful of thinking much into Angela. So you're in the stairwell. Yes. And uh, let's say you, you're you're on level eight. Okay. What does level nine look like? <laughs> so you know, um, I love that. So I'm gonna be using that from now on. Yes, I think level nine. Just you know, I I honestly don't know. I I'm at the the top of level eight and the bottom of level nine, and I'm. Getting, to have a baby at in you know this summer at the end of July, and so and there's a writer's strike, and you know so there's a lot of unknown that is that that I'm in the midst of you know and 
And I'm grateful that probably because I'm having a baby that this particular moment of, of unknown feels good. <laughs> it feels like. I was going to say that, that it, it's the perfect time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I do think that level nine is a, so in, 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 in level eight, I expanded a lot in a lot of different areas. Like I have, I'm, I have a production company now I have a nonprofit now. Um, and so I think level nine is definitely going to be going to include me more fully stepping into those roles um, as in addition to my my actor um, path, <laughs> I think it's just going to be an incorporation of of all of those things, you know. But I never expected that I would ever be a producer, and I never saw a nonprofit coming. <laughs> so these are areas. About those. Yeah. So my production company is called Blue Remedy Media. And um, my uh, co-founders are my husband, Jay Mallory McCree, Cornelia Smith, Stephanie Lilly Smith, and Bayou O'Donnell. And we really wanted to create a company to develop and produce, dis- you know, get distributed stories that we don't always hear about our people. We talk a lot about diversity, but then is more like, oh, so we got a lot of Black people on the screen, but they're kind of doing the same things that we see them doing all the time. And so we're about the diversity within the diversity. Like Black people, we say all the time, people are not a monolith, but then we get scared to see Black people in ways that, you know, are not traditional or common. And, And so we're really wanting to tell stories that show us really in different lights and alternative ways. And, and yeah. Um, and then my nonprofit is called Birth Village. And it essentially is in existence to help annihilate the Black maternal health crisis and to bring more joy into the birthing space because three to five um, more Black, Black women are dying at three to five times more than their white counterparts. And that is a really scary, really unnecessary thing that is, uh, that is happening. And, and, you know, my birth experience was one of joy, but it was not without the unexpected. And I just want to use my platform to be a megaphone for those who are already doing the work and to help provide access to resources and funding and education and, and all the things that, that can help um, our experience. That's great. Congratulations on both of those. Mm, thank you. As, as you look in the rearview mirror at, at Snowfall, Angela, mm-hmm. if you could have played any other character other than Aunt Louie, regardless of gender, what mm-hmm. character would that be? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> um that is a great question. I 
And it must have been one you haven't been asked. <laughs> yes, I definitely have not been asked that. <laughs> um, the two characters that pop into my mind. The first is Franklin. Okay. And I say okay. Franklin because I think Franklin and Louis are actually very similar. And it has been interesting to me since, you know, the last few episodes or really this last season, how biased the audience reaction has been. Um, And so I wonder, I, I would play Franklin two different ways. I would play Franklin as you know, me, uh, Angela playing this role. Mm -hmm. And then what would it be like to experience Franklin as a man? Because it it would be two different experiences and it would be probably two different stories. And, and, you know, it's, it's been a very, very interesting and very, very upsetting, disheartening even um, some of the reactions that that Louis has gotten when I'm like, but she actually played that better than Franklin. That she played that she played that that game better than Franklin. She made a better decision, or you know, uh, it's been it's been crazy. <laughs> you know, Angela, what we say at, at, at BET is, you know our community thinks they own the brand and that's a good thing. Uh-huh. And it's a good thing is because when they like the things we do, they applaud us. But when they don't <laughs> like the things we do, they partner to us. All right. <laughs> right. But, but they're always engaged, Angela. But they're always, always engaged. Always. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I want to thank you for this. Um, uh, it, it has been amazing talking to you and uh, hearing uh, your journey and your story from your perspective. Uh, I thank you so much for taking time out to get this done. I know you're super, super busy. And at the same time, having a baby. All right. So that that's, that's double work right there. So <laughs> yeah. we appreciate you sharing your journey and your story with the listeners and the readers of Waymaker Journal and uh, we will continue to follow you and stay in touch with you as much as possible. Thank you so much for being on the Waymaker Fireside Chat. Please do and thank you so much. I look forward to staying connected. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation between Lewis Carr and Angela Lewis. What did you enjoy about this episode? Let us know on our social media at Waymaker Culture. And don't forget to claim your Waymaker Journal at waymakerjournal.com. And be sure to enter the Waymaker giveaway by going to waymakercontest.com. Subscribe to the Waymaker Fireside Chat podcast to get notifications each time we release an episode.